Well, hello, and welcome to this episode of Learn Everyday English, your roadway to English proficiency. Hey, glad to have you with me. Uh, we have a special guest in the studio recording this on video, but also going to have this on a podcast. So um, if you're listening on, a pot, on the podcast, just realize this is a video recording. So those of you watching on YouTube, if you like the video, hit the like button and subscribe. Um, hit the bell for notifications and tell your friends about it. For everybody, check out the uh, Learn Everyday English webpage at www.learneverydayenglish.com. Yeah, for those of you watching on the video, we do have uh, Learn Everyday English podcasts. You can find those at any uh, typical podcast application site, especially Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Those of you listening on the podcast, go to the uh, webpage. There's a podcast resources page where you can download uh, program notes. And uh, just if you like this, again, just pass the word on. I guess we're going to have a special guest in the studio with us today. It's my twin brother, Gerald. And we're going to be talking about something, hopefully, in, that is of direct in, interest uh, to everybody, and that's just general language learning. And I wanted to get him on and, and kind of go over his uh, history of learning languages and I think I've told you mine. I'm not a fluent speaker, and I've studied uh, Spanish in high school, then stopped, and Chinese, and about three years, and stopped that, and then recently got back into Spanish more seriously about four years ago. But sometimes it's, you know, we always want to go and uh, look at videos about people that have mastered the language, or advanced speakers, or polyglots, and want to learn from them. But I think we can also learn from people that have uh, studied other languages and maybe had some difficulties and issues and stopped learning, find out <clears throat> what happened uh, with them and maybe the pros and cons, things that we can maybe do better and change in our language learning journey. So just wanted to uh, get that out there. You know, your experience, uh, Gerald's experience probably parallels that of many people who have studied a foreign language such as I. And I um, just want to get his take on, on that it's, instead of what we call in English so-called, quote-unquote, this means quote-unquote, uh, experts. So, Gerald, tell us, uh, I guess, what was the first language that you uh, studied or foreign, foreign language, we know that your na native language is uh, English. Uh, so it's be back in, in high school where we had to take a foreign language. So like a lot of people in America, I studied Spanish. Studied Spanish for four years, you know, typical in the classroom, reading the textbook. But uh, basically after four years, I couldn't speak well or understand uh, watching Spanish TV or any programs, couldn't really understand a, a whole lot what, what, what they were saying. So it seemed like you spent a lot of time and didn't really get much uh, payback mm -hmm. or reward from that. And why did you have to study uh, for four years? Is just because you liked it or? Uh... 
think if I remember, we had to take a foreign language. Mm -hmm. So, and I can't remember if we had to take the same one all four years, or I could have switched after two years. But anyway, I ended up taking Spanish for four years. Yeah, so we had the, you had the same experience. I took uh, Spanish as well. Would you, would you say that you enjoyed it, though, or you liked oh, it? Oh, yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun. I remember uh, we'd go out to Mexican restaurants to eat and have a Spanish club and things like that, mm -hmm. and just with the people. But as far as actual using the language, that really yeah. wasn't stressed as much, in my opinion. Yeah, I remember, I think t our teacher was Mr. Hosty. He was a real cool guy. He was an American. I think his, his wife was from Mexico. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think so. that's how he learned uh, Spanish. Well, looking back on your Spanish experience, what things come to mind as far as maybe what you wish could have been done differently back then or done better from a language learning experience you wish maybe you would have learned? or Yeah, I guess... Uh... Now I've been watching a, a number of videos on YouTube from people, you know, who are polyglots who are, say they are polyglots, can speak many languages, watching videos, uh, how they say they learn their languages. And I think from what I've watched in my recent studies, I think it's true. You just have to kind of immerse yourself in the language listen as much as you can and read as much as you can because it's not just going to mm -hmm. class for one hour a day or every other day or how long the class is and you got to basically spend a, a lot of time doing it and I think you also have to be motivated mm -hmm. I mean it, it yeah. was fun but it wasn't like a driving desire that I had to get fluent in Spanish. So mm -hmm. I think yeah. that was maybe a factor that led to not really putting as much time and energy as I could have. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Yeah, because if you don't have the personal motivation to want to do it, we were doing it because we had to. And it's, you know, it's a different thing. And yeah, I think back then it was from like we were in high school from 1976 to 1980. So I think back then to me, that seemed to be the standard of how to learn Spanish, especially at a, you know, at a high school. It's just, I'd like to call it book Spanish, where you learn, you know, verb conjugations and grammar. And yeah, it was fun. Like Gerald said, yeah, we went had to Spanish club. We'd go out to eat Spanish restaurants, but yeah, looking back on it, I never uh, can recall that we ever really focused a whole lot on using and speaking the language. No. So, um, yeah, it was kind of, uh, you know, four years, but looking back on it, it seems like we really didn't uh, learn very much. So after the four years of Spanish, what would you say, like, your level of Spanish was? Just, just uh, probably... Upper beginner, I would probably say. I don't even claim I was at an intermediate level. Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah. I think yeah. I agree with you. So, yeah, really, I don't think our experience was successful in that respect. You know, we we learned something, but trying to be able to speak, uh, you know, in Spanish to native speakers or just really uh, wasn't a successful uh, event. Um, so after after the Spanish. Um, what was your next foray or attempt into learning a uh, another foreign language? 
when did that happen? Yeah, so I guess that started, you know, when I, um, in the other video, I talked about my job at NASA, and I started working with the, the Japanese Space Agency, but even before then, I had an interest in the Japanese culture and architecture, so I started studying Japanese, and I started taking classes at the uh, Japan America Society, hmm. but it was kind of similar. In Houston? Yeah, here in Houston. You know, but it was similar to the Spanish class. You'd go in for class, and it was twice a week for an hour, hour and a half, and use this mm. textbook called Japanese for busy people, read dialogues, learn grammar. And I guess, um, you know, the teachers would try to make you speak, but it wasn't really that forced. So I ended up, you know, being a little more diligent with Japanese because it was something like I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I was studying more on my own at home than I did Spanish. But looking back on it, I was mostly practicing reading mm -hmm. and trying to learn the kanji. And I hardly ever spoke at all. This was for years. So, I mean, with the dictionary, I, I could read pretty well to look up the words I didn't know, but... I couldn't carry on a conversation at all, and my um, listening ability was still not very great. I know, I remember, did you um, like meet with, have a tutor, or did you think meet with a native speaker occasionally to kind of practice conversations um, a little bit? Yeah. I started um, meeting with a Japanese uh, friend, but I just got so frustrated. With speaking, I guess that oh. didn't, didn't, didn't last very long. Well, how long did you say you studied Japanese as far as, I guess, mainly the reading part? Uh, it was quite I a few mean, years. I'm kind so. of embarrassed to say. Uh, it, was, it was off and on, but I probably studied Japanese six, seven years. Mm -hmm. When I hear also, <laughs> I haven't learned, you know, I, I try to learn Chinese, so maybe there's some similarities, but I hear Japanese is not... Is along with Chinese, maybe Arabic, one of the more difficult languages to learn. If from Japanese, what do you uh, you say is the, is the makes it so difficult or hard to to learn Japanese? Well, I think it's just the uh, to me it's the the characters and just learning and remembering them because you can't you know, mm -hmm. read a newspaper or watch TV. Um, I'm not sure how much more difficult, say, the grammar and stuff is with uh, like Spanish or I heard French mm -hmm. can be pretty difficult. But I think it's just the uh, characters. And I guess the thing that was difficult for me is just the sentence order. Oh, With yeah. the verb coming at the end of the sen sentence. It, mm -hmm. You're just not used to that. Right, so yeah. I guess it takes a lot of listening. And I guess looking back, that's something I wish I had done more of. Uh, like I said, I mostly focused on trying to read because I could do that by myself. So, mm -hmm. I know in a previous video uh, session you said you know you worked at NASA, worked with the Japanese on the space station. You even went to Japan, I think, what twice uh, with your job. Were you able to, or did you use a Japanese a little bit in communicating with some of the Japanese colleagues? Uh, were you mm -hmm. working at NASA? No, I guess all, all the meetings we had with the Japanese space agency people were in English. I mean, because in Japan, they start studying English. 
So uh, I forgot, I guess it's elementary school or junior high. So they've mm. studied English for a number of years. I guess a number of them can't speak well. They seem to be able to read better than they can speak. Mm -hmm. I think that's sort of common in a lot of languages. Yeah. So all of our meetings were in English, but I could use some basic phrases talking if I went outside to a restaurant or somewhere like mm -hmm. that asking for something, but it was still very basic. Yeah. I mean, if they spoke back to me really quickly, I couldn't understand what they were saying. See, I guess one of my questions, but you think you probably answered, like, what do you regret not doing or would have changed is probably um, try to speak more and, and listen more and practice conversation. Yeah, I think just listen to it. Get your ear trained to just hearing the spoken language. Just listen every day as much as you can and yeah, start trying to speak a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. I think that's the main main things that I would try focusing on. So I maybe know this answer to this question, but are you still studying Japanese at all or have any plans to pursue it in the future at all? Or uh, no, no, I haven't studied Japanese in a number of years. Um, I, know, I may, once I retire, like uh, we'll get into, I'm studying uh, another language now, so I want to focus on that. Mm -hmm. But I think I may want to pick Japanese back up since I have a base and now try a little different strategy mm -hmm. on learning that again. Okay. Well, after Japanese, and I think you, I want to say, jumped into, a, after a little bit while, uh, while longer, got into some Polynesian language or languages. I wouldn't say you were really studying that to learn to speak it, but I think you were studying it for a, just a different reason, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I guess I just like the uh, the music. So um, I play the ukulele, and so, I mean, I started just looking at those languages to be able to sing songs in Hawaiian. I can sing some songs in Hawaiian and Tahitian. So that's what really led me to to look into those, but I didn't study those really um, with much intensity. It's mostly just being able to speak the, the words to be able to mm -hmm. sing. I did buy a book on um, Tahitian, but the problem with Tahitian was there's really hardly any language learning material in English. Mm. So it's going to be hard unless you happen to... <laughs> meet or know somebody from Tahiti, which yeah. is kind of hard to meet depending on the city you're in. It's going to be a lot more difficult than, say, Spanish, French, German, where there's a whole mm -hmm. lot of resources out there on YouTube and the internet that you can find. It's just Tahitian, there's hardly any. There's a couple of resources in French, so if you are fluent in French, that might help you to learn Tahitian, but not a whole lot of videos or other resources out there. And there wasn't, I guess... Probably a little, little bit more pertaining to Hawaiian, but still not a, a whole bunch yeah, of resources out there. Yeah, it seems like there's a little there. more in, in Hawaiian. There's a couple books that you can buy. So YouTube has some Hawaiian videos, but um, so that would probably be a little easier to, to learn than Tahitian. So I'd probably like to probably go back and try to learn more Tahitian. But, you know, like I said, I guess the motivation factor. Mm, yeah. I mean, I was motivated to to be able to sing the songs, but if you just don't have a whole lot of resources, it gets kind of frustrating. But I did find there's a lady out in California who did start a website to teach Tahitian, so that that's good. 
-hmm. And so I had signed up for her site, but I guess with other things going on, I, I wasn't able to devote as much time yeah. as I wanted to. So I'll probably maybe try to pick that up eventually. Yeah, I know you didn't spend much time on those languages, but in general, how would you say they were as far as being able to learn and pick them up compared to Spanish or Japanese? Were they maybe a little bit harder than Spanish, but easier than Japanese, you think? Uh, yeah, I think it, they probably fall somewhere in the middle. This, from what I've heard, I guess Spanish, since it has a lot of loan words mm -hmm. from English, or yeah. similar from that aspect. So I think it may be a little easier than, I mean, harder than Spanish, but maybe not quite as hard as Japanese. Okay. Well, then uh, recently you started studying a uh, new language. Uh, let the let everybody know what that is and and what interest what uh, made you want to pursue to study this uh, this other language because it's maybe a little bit lesser known language or less popular uh, language. Um, Yes, I've been studying uh, Swahili for about a, I guess it's a month and a half now. And I think it all tie, it ties back into, for years, I've always liked uh, African music. And uh tried to learn some songs on the ukulele and, and played that on the, in the guitar also. Mm -hmm. But um, now I guess I have a little more free time since my daughter, you know, is not at home. And uh, to try to sing some other songs in Swahili. So I started doing that. Okay. And where is um, this language uh, mainly spoken at? Yeah, it's predominantly spoken. I don't know if I know all of the countries, but the ones that come to mind are Kenya and Tanzania, I think are the two largest countries that speak Swahili. But I think it's also spoken in parts of Uganda and Rwanda, and I think a couple other countries in Africa. I thought I had read somewhere that um, South Africa was looking into making Swahili their national language. I thought I read that somewhere. So mm -hmm. I, I know I've seen videos on YouTube where there's kind of a push maybe to make Swahili the national language in, mm -hmm. in Africa. Because there's a whole bunch of different dialects yeah. and other languages in Africa. All right. Well, I'm going to kind of touch on like your progression of, you know, foreign language, how you approach learning foreign languages. And I know, you know, we both went through the whole Spanish thing of book Spanish and not really using it. And in Japanese, you were mainly just focusing on reading. So over time, I guess, how have you approached, I guess, learning Swahili differently than the other languages and your outlook on language learning you know, what's changed and kind of what are you doing differently now than you did in the, did before? Yeah, so I guess with the Spanish and Japanese, I guess and even Tahitian, it was more get the textbook, work through the exercises, learn the grammar. Mm -hmm. I guess with Swahili, I'm just taking a totally different approach. It's more of immersion, I guess you could say. So I still have a textbook, but the textbook I have is pretty much all in Swahili, or most of it. There's small sections in English to explain things, but mm -hmm. now I'm just focusing on listening to dialogues, listening to people talk, and, um, and reading to try to learn vocabulary, and I'm mm -hmm. not worrying about grammar. You know, and I've found, yeah. I guess, once you pick up different words, you can, you can 
understand the grammatical points as you're doing that. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to sit down and work through every single point of grammar that seems to come sort of naturally as you're mm -hmm. just immersing yourself in the language. So I'm just trying to listen as much as I can, get my ear trained to, to hear the d different different words that are spoken, mm -hmm. to pick those out and, and read. And as you read, you develop more vocabulary so you're able to hear more mm -hmm. words that are spoken. And I'm going to also trying to speak a lot sooner than I did with the other mm -hmm. languages, just force myself to make simple sentences and use the words that I hear. I think that's, yeah. from what I've read, it's key. You have to, to use the words that you hear. Mm -hmm. You can write them down, put them in flashcards, but you need to yeah. get them out and, and say them as well. So that, that's what I'm trying to do. Could you actually, I guess, recently started trying to use a, like a tutor? and speaking a little bit with, with somebody to try to use the uh, language. Yeah, I had a lesson on italki with the t teacher from Tanzania. So I guess I ended up basically just reading through um, some uh, stories in Swahili and talking a little bit, but I think we we're going to try to just do more basic conversations starting off. So this mm -hmm. would be whole lot different than I did for Spanish and Japanese, where I waited, I don't know, years to try to speak. Mm -hmm. And I guess there's some debate on that. There's a yeah. uh, guy who has a channel on YouTube who studied Japanese, and he's, I guess, really fluent now. I think he's studied four or five years, mostly learning in the U.S., but he said he didn't try speaking until maybe four years after he wow. had after he had um, read and, and just listened to a whole bunch of dialogues, he said once once he started speaking, it just started coming out mm -hmm. naturally. But then uh, watched some other people's videos where they say you should start speaking yeah. fairly soon, soon, just using the word. So it just seems like people learn different ways or there's yeah, not just yeah. one specific method you can use. So at least the other methods that I used didn't seem to be very effective. So I'm going to just try the immersion approach, sort of like, I guess, kids learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just make it fun. And I'm not going to put a bunch of pressure on myself to be able to do this at a certain time and just mm -hmm. let it come naturally. Yeah, I think that's important point is just to kind of want to enjoy the process. Don't focus so much on the destination, but in just try to enjoy the journey. And have fun, because if it becomes drudgery, that's a word in English you might know, which is something you just hate to do, a lot of work, then a lot of times you're going you're gonna to give up and quit. And I guess, yeah, my, uh, when I started studying Spanish for the second time four years ago, I guess I, I hadn't really looked at any videos and didn't know about, you know, the importance of maybe listening and trying to speak early. So I kind of held to the same old um, technique of trying to learn uh, grammar. So yeah, the first year and a half, I took some classes at a university here, one class a semester, just to go back and review all the tenses, conjugations, grammar. And after about a year and a half, when I felt, you know, I was comfortable with that, then I started trying to speak. But I did listen, I would turn on the radio in my car, listen to a Spanish radio station, couldn't understand a word they were saying, but I just kept listening, listening, and started listening to the podcast. But 
I guess my regret was I didn't start speaking sooner because uh, my wife, who's a Mexican-American, can speak Spanish, she used to tell me all the time, hey, you need to be speaking, you need to be speaking, but I just felt I wasn't ready. You know, I didn't have much vocabulary and I didn't know how to conjugate all the verbs well, so I wanted to get to a certain level where I felt comfortable. Maybe that was good, I don't know, maybe it was bad, but it's too late now. But yeah, once I started uh, speaking about two years ago, I noticed it really increased my ability to uh, use the language. So yeah, I agree. I think mm. it's key to listen, 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 you know, to videos like this podcast, just hear it. And then I think reading is important. And also, uh, to me anyway, learning to speak, even maybe after a, a couple months or two. Because like Gerald said too, you know, I have some step-grandchildren and and their mother speaks to them in Spanish, and one's two and one is four, and I'm just kind of hey, amazed how they can either they can understand and speak Spanish, or one of them, the youngest one, can go back and forth between English and Spanish, and of course the older one now can, can do that. And I'm just amazed how kids learn a language. You know, they're not going to school, they're not studying grammar, so they're learning by just hearing it and imitating and repeating it. And I think uh, mm -hmm. maybe that's uh, something adults can learn, can learn to mm -hmm. or learn from as well. Well, well not that uh, grammar isn't important, but I'll look up grammar with, when I read something usually and I need to try to figure out why they're saying it that way. I'll go look up the grammar, but mm -hmm. it's like as needed. I'm just not sitting down with a grammar textbook trying to learn all the grammar at one time. So what's, uh, I guess, a typical day? I mean, I think now, I think you told me, but um, or before, you know, it might have been, you know, every now and then or not a regular um, pattern of studying, but if you kind of try to develop a more consistent approach and try to do things on a more regular basis with the Swahili and you, you feel that, I think your um, language learning uh, has increased i mean or is it a better faster pace um the techniques you're using are allowing you to learn the language better and quicker than mm. before yeah maybe it's a little early but yeah it, it, it seems like it i'm just trying to um you know like the textbook i'm using has a lot of example audio so maybe like six seven eight different um audio mp3s per chapter so i'm just trying to listen to that over and over again until i you know, mm -hmm. understand it pretty well before i move on to the next one so I'm trying to listen to that every day or almost every day and just trying to do reading reading some you know beginner stories in swahili so that's really kind of what i've been doing and using some flash cards as well mm -hmm. for the vocabulary but it seems like if you can read and then hear the same thing, I think it seems like the vocabulary comes a little more naturally where you're not having to just study the vocabulary to remember it. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess the thing I'm doing now, I'm just speaking to myself mm -hmm. with the yes, audio yeah. so I can hear it and then I guess use it, even though you're just repeating it. I guess just physically say the dialogue that seems to help as well mm -hmm. so that's what i'm um trying trying to do and i guess i'm 
if I'm not really studying per se, I'll just try to have some maybe music on or some program in Swahili. Mm -hmm. So maybe I just I'm just hearing it, just hearing the rhythm of the language yeah. all the time. Right. And I find if I'm just not focusing, they'll say something and like, okay, yeah, I, I know that word. You know, mm -hmm. I read that here recently, so I just seem yeah. to be able to pick up yeah. more words. You know, the longer that you're just listening to something over and over again. What would you say, what's your ultimate goal in uh, studying Swahili? As Gato the cat comes underneath our chairs here, like you become fluent or you just sing songs, I know, or... Um... Yeah, I like to be become fluent, you know, be able to carry on a conversation or, you know, there's not as many resources for Swahili as some of the other languages like Spanish, French, German... You know, but there's some videos on YouTube, so I just like to be able to watch those and understand what, what they're saying, basically, just for it. personal enjoyment and satisfaction. I just find it challenging to try to learn a language. It's sort of like a puzzle, I guess. Mm -hmm. just trying yes, to, yeah. So it gives you motivation to do that. And you know, also be able to, I guess, um, sing songs in the language as well and understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, thanks, Gerald, for that input, and maybe a lot of you sure. can relate to what he's going through, but I think the, the key things in learning a language, one is just to have fun, because you're going to need that motivation to continue, because you will get frustrated, and but you need to be persistent and consistent, I think, and just enjoy the uh, the process and the journey. So hopefully you had some takeaways, we say in English, some things that you learn and were able to take with you as you study, uh, go through your language learning journey. If you like the video, hey, hit the like button and subscribe and check out our past videos. Gerald has been in uh, some of those previous videos and uh, be on the lookout for uh, future videos to come and those uh, listening to on the podcast, check out our previous podcast and podcast to come, check out our webpage. And those uh, watching on YouTube, be sure to check out the podcast and just check out the uh, Learn Everyday English webpage, and which has uh, podcast resources for those of you that are listening uh, via podcast. So that's it for today. We'll wrap it up. Hey, thanks for uh, listening on this channel of Learn, Learn Everyday, Everyday English. English. Hey, we'll see you later. All right. Bye-bye.